continue to live your process and continue to keep your mindset and your head in the right spot and don't get down because as soon as you do that, you're going to start making excuses. Bob Worma is the executive vice president for Locked In Companies out of Chicago. He's one of Locked In's top sales professionals nationally. We asked Bob to join us because all too often, sales strategies and tactics can seem very conceptual. Listen as Bob and Dan get very real about the lessons learned regarding prospecting, process, conversations, and of course, mindset. If you want to learn more about Bob or get some more perspective from him, check out his podcast called The Climb. I'm Kylie Schmitz. I'm Dan Lappin, and this is Breaking Sales, a nonconformist take on rejecting the sales status quo. Join the Lappin 180 team as we break the tried and died sales tactics and techniques that are failing you and your prospects. Here's the conversation with Dan and Bob. All the process work that I did in the past is making life very, very easy right now. So I'm thrilled to be in the position that I'm in to have the ability to have my prospects coming to me now, to have a very good stable of conversations just always ongoing. And process is something I absolutely live by. And it's it's the reason that right now, I'll have probably one of my best years during one of the toughest times it is to sell. Let's talk about that. I know there's two components to that. There's the component, right, of what you had going because of your process and consistency pre-COVID, but is there also part of that now of what you've been able to do during COVID that's kind of lend itself to your year? Yeah. It's that I haven't let go of the process that I had already built. So it's like, continuously doing just the same things. Now, maybe I'm doing some things a little bit differently because I can't go see people in person or email was really challenging in the beginning because I can't even imagine the amount of emails you know, our prospects were getting. And I think there was a weird time when this all first started where you're going, is it even appropriate for me to send these emails because business owners have so many other things on their mind and do they want to talk to me right now? So what are you bringing differently to the table? How are you doing that? How are you delivering something different to them that either get the conversation going as a new dialogue or continue the dialogue that maybe you were having? And for me, it was completely stepping out of giving anything that we do in my business and focusing more on how can I help them and how can I give them ideas, resources that are going to be able to help their business through these tough times. Our listeners have been hearing about process now for a couple episodes. What is your prospecting process as we sit here today? So from a level now, it's 10,000 foot is Sunday evening. I sit down every Sunday and I plan my week. And I, I plan that week and what I always call now it's red time and green time. And I can look at my calendar for that upcoming week and I got to look at, okay, what internal stuff do I have going on? What external stuff do I have going on? What do I have going on personally, family, friends? And I need to see on that calendar. I may feel busy. And this is what I remember finding, especially as I continue to grow my business, was that red time, that's time that I'm not out selling. And that's important time. But if I see more red on the calendar than green, I need to really reassess what's going on in that week. 
And then if I take it and I break, I break down then by the month and I can look back on the month because I track everything and I can tell if I had a good month or a bad month based on the red and green time, but then also based on how many new meetings I had, how many networking things I went to, how many times I was out in front of clients asking for referrals. And I look at it monthly, I look at it quarterly, and then I look at it yearly. And it's great now because I started that process right away. So I know exactly what numbers I need to hit on a yearly basis from a new business standpoint to have the sales years that I need to have. And when you can track that and you can look at it weekly and you can look at it monthly, you know exactly how your year is going to play out and you know exactly, and I'll, I'll never forget sitting with Pam. And Pam saying, okay, this year is good, but what about next year? And so I'm not even thinking about this year right now. And our fiscal year started 5-1. I'm done with this year. I know that I'll hit my number this year. I'm thinking about next year and planning for next year. And if I'm not tracking those numbers and I'm not doing the correct outreach, that's where I'm going to get caught. One of the things that Pam talks about a lot is let go of the results component. Stop focusing on the daily and the weekly that I set an appointment today, that I set four appointments this week. Remove that and focus on, did I follow my process today? Period. Next day, did I follow my process? Yes. That week, did I follow my process? Yes. Focus on that. Was that natural for you? It was the hardest thing to do because from where I came from, all I was focused on there was results in terms of dollars brought in the door. And then when I started over, I just remember being like, how do I do this better? Because I had to completely do a shift in how I, what I was focusing time on, where I was spending my time. And it's really hard. To not think about, you know, at the end of the day, how much revenue am I bringing into the firm? And when you say trust your process, you just have to trust it. But you have to be honest with yourself, too. I think that's where there's a challenge, Dan, is, is your process working? Is it a good process? And do you have good people around you that are challenging your process that you're sharing with, whether it's a mentor or a peer or a sales coach that can say to you and you can be accountable to what you're doing. I like what you just said. It's a great reminder that, yeah, you can have a process. I'm going to reach out and talk to five people each and every day. But what's also critical is the standard in terms of how you're measuring that process. If the ultimate goal is dollars brought in the door, you got to find what your measuring tools are. Is it new meetings? Is it new reach outs? Those are, the, those are your results. The point that we're trying to talk through here is I don't focus on that end goal from a dollar standpoint. I got to focus on if I do these amount of outreaches, these amount of networking events, these amount of asking for referrals, I'll get to that number. But you have to be able to look to and be able to have these good peers around you to be able to say, but here's a baseline of about where you should be, because if you don't even know where to start, I mean, it's hard, especially for people that are new coming into sales. They don't know what that volume needs to be. So you got to have some good truth tellers, I think, with you as well. Let's talk about your calendar. What's your calendar look like and how do you manage it? So my calendar from the moment I get up until I go to bed, 
I know what's going on in that day. And it's blocked completely because if there's free time in there, someone's going to go and grab that time from you. And I want to control my day. I want to control my calendar. I also believe that that helps me control my mood throughout the day because I have things blocked off. I know what mindset I have to be in. I can prepare a lot better for certain things. If you just start going from prospecting to meeting to this, you're not going to have time to prepare. You're not going to have time to really think through that prospect dialogue that you have coming up. We work so hard to get these meetings and then we don't find the time to prepare. So are you finding that time in your day? I think controlling your calendar and your time and where you're spending it is so, so important to that process piece. So, Bob, it's Friday, all right? And it's noon, midday. You're exhausted and your calendar's got green time until about five o'clock. And you've had a rough week, not a lot of at that moment, we would call immediate success in your efforts that week. What's going through your mind at that moment? <laughs> uh, I wish that I could say that that doesn't happen anymore. So I've got, I focused a lot of time figuring out who I am and what I want and why I'm doing what I do. So when those thoughts creep into my head that I can go home, nobody's going to tell me I can't go home. Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw in the towel for the week. I worked hard this week. I can make that excuse for myself. So I use Evernote on my phone, uh, the app, which is just, it's a great, I journal a lot, I write a lot. And I go back in there and I have my whys. And I have, why am I doing this? And what is this all for? And even now, I mean, I even get the chills thinking about it because it, it drives me every single day to what I do. And I've been there too. So it's like those last four or five hours on a Friday, you're worn out, but that reminder and that clarity on your whys, it's, is it like almost like, okay, these next four or five hours are me driving forward because these whys are so important. Is that kind of what yeah. goes through, through yeah, your mind? It's, it's, I've always had like this mentality that, you know, that why is such a, it's a, it's my big dream. It's what I want from my life. No one else can create that except for me. Yeah, these next four or five hours might be tough, but you got to push through it if you really want this. And if you throw in the towel, it's probably because you haven't gone deep enough on what you really want. Because I love the whole concept of working and playing and that those should be one and the same. I don't want people to know if I'm working or playing because I'm always having fun at what I'm doing. And I know it sounds great. Right. But I really do believe that I have that. And it's because I got so clear, not only on what my big dream is with Anais, but also just on who I am as a person. So for our listeners, something that um, all of our clients do and what we do is we're very big advocates of identifying your whys. And your whys are not, hey, I want to make a half a million dollars or I want to make a quarter million dollars. Or, I want to make a million plus. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. It's multiple levels beyond that of, okay, so why do you want to make a million? And then why is that important to you? And then why is that particular item important to you? It's going down this chain reaction to get to this point where you're able to say, at the end of the day, this is why I'm working hard. And it usually has something to do with loved ones, family, 
belief, spirituality, community, or it could be all of the above. But it's usually something deep to that person. And so for our listeners, when when Bob's talking about whys, that's what motivates him because nothing else in the world is going to motivate him to take on those next four or five hours after an exhausting week where he already feels like he's worked his ass off. And that's part of your process. 100%. That's where it all starts. Because that that is what holds me accountable to doing the process every week. And then also pushing my game to the next level. As soon as you get like really good and say, I can make 100 calls a week, what's preventing you from going to 125? I mean, those little pieces, that's what drives me every single day. Can you think about a common struggle moment, whether it be you're exhausted, you're second guessing this process that you built, you're second guessing your ability. Can you think about a, um, a struggle moment that you can share with our listeners and then kind of how you got yourself through it? I think what it would be was I was 18 months in at Lockton and I'd moved from my other firm and I was in a good spot at my old firm financially. Life was pretty good. I make this change to Lockton. I took on a totally different financial structure, put a ton of risk on the table. And I'm 18 months in and I've been doing all this process stuff and I've been grinding. I was questioning why I came and what I was doing and why I walked away from what I had going before. So my dad, he's one of my biggest role models. And I remember when my dad started his business and I saw what he built and I saw the time he spent. He never missed anything with our family. But like when the kids went to bed, dad was working. I knew that I had to put that time in. And the other thing, Dan, I always say, and I joke about it, is I think I'm a very average talent, but I can take that average way above everybody else because there's nobody that's going to put in more time than me. Yeah, it was lonely and it was not fun. And it was three years of not fun. But that foundation that I set for myself now, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't change a thing about it. But what I don't like what I don't want to pass on on going back to, hey, I'm 18 months in here, I'm thinking about walking away. I, this is why I do this. One of the biggest things that got me through that, it's not it wasn't my internal motivation or anything like that. It's the people I was with that were pushing me. And that we're on my side and saying, man, you got to keep at this. You're doing the right stuff. So, Bob, I'm going to ask you a question here just to help give the, uh, the listeners an idea of just how hard you've worked and how this process that you've built has truly helped you create and generate a very special business. So, in your industry, which is insurance as a, as a producer, what is the average amount of new sold per year revenue? I would say that number, it's it's about, the, at least from what I hear, 150,000 to 175,000 new a year is, is, hey, you're having a good, that's a good year. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot with this one. All right. And this <laughs> okay. is, is going to go against your humility, Gene. All right. Okay. In the past four years, what is your average new sold per year? Last three or four years would be probably about one point two or one point three million dollars in in average over those that time span per year per year. Wow, yeah, we had a big year last year, so that helps. But it's, I mean, I still I don't even know how to describe it because I still 
am in awe that it's even there. And I'm, I'm very like humbled and, you know, so thankful for how I've gotten there and all the people that support that too. So, all right, Bob, as you know, right, we teach a different kind of mindset. Let's go back to when you first came over to Lockton. Can you think through some of these mindset shifts of how you might've thought about a prospect conversation prior to working at Lockton and now that you're at Lockton, what was some of that mindset prep and what's the difference? So there's a lot more preparation now that goes into my meetings, no doubt. I prepare a lot more. I've also gotten more educated on what I'm actually selling. So I really know what I'm selling and bringing to the table, not only from a product standpoint, but from a firm standpoint. And I found out, especially as I started working with large organizations, it's not, it's not price. Like price is important. We got to bring a good price to the table. But I got to understand what does that business truly need? What are they trying to accomplish as a firm? Where are they going as an organization? Have they thought creatively about how they think about what we do? Are we going to challenge them? I never challenged my prospects or clients before. Now we're constantly challenging them to think differently, to take on more risk, to challenge the way they think about insurance and how it affects their balance sheet in the organization. And because our teams are so good at that, it's me being able to drive a process with the client or prospect around how do we get the best outcome for everybody? How do I, how do I help you utilize all these great talented resources we have at Lockton to be able to get you the outcome that you're looking to get? And then I'm also going to challenge you on that because if I'm not challenging you, the next person's going to come in and do the same thing. So my conversation has switch, switched dramatically. We sell on a renewal date. That's how our business used to work. I don't sell on a renewal date anymore. And that's big. How does the mindset shift of attachment versus detachment impact someone's ability, or maybe even yours in the beginning, to truly sit back and challenge the CFO or the CEO or the president of that company? Dan, that's the biggest challenge in what we do. And we've talked about process. And if you don't have a process and you're not consistent in that and really honest with yourself on that, you are going to become attached and you aren't going to ask the tough questions and you aren't going to ask for the sale because you don't want to hear no because you're looking at a number. You're focused on a number. And clients and prospects can feel that. They can feel you trying to sell them something. I mean, I don't think of myself as a salesperson at all. And insurance is the worst business for that. We have a horrible name. I mean, you go to a you go to a party and meet some people and you tell me you're insurance, they're walking the other way, right? I mean, so you gotta be able to change that conversation. The you gotta understand that if you're doing what's right for the client, not what's right for you, you're gonna have a much more detached mindset, I believe. So how you mentioned process. How does process fit into making that shift from attachment to detachment? How is that a part of it? Because if I am committed to my process and I know that I'm going to be able to have X amount of new business meetings set with new organizations, I'm able to have X amount of conversations there. Even if this person says no, and I'm being honest in a dialogue and I'm challenging them and they say no, 
I know that when I walk out that door, I got 25 other things that I can go work on. When you have two things you're working on, you become a little bit more attached to it. And when you become attached, how does that impact that conversation that you're having with that prospect? It becomes about you. It becomes about how can you sell. You're not gonna. You're not gonna challenge them. They're gonna get the same process they get from every single other salesperson that's come into their office selling what you sell. And you're gonna be put into their world. They're gonna dictate the game. They're going to tell you what you're gonna do and not do. And that to me is not a partnership. I say now I want to get these people to know in the first ten minutes of my dialogue. Like my goal is to get people to say no to me because if I can get them to say no, we can move on and we can go to the next one and the next one and the next one. And that's okay. I'm fine with them saying no, but not everybody's ready to make a change. Not everybody's ready to, you know, as you say, like buck the system and do something different. And that's okay. But I want to hear more no's faster so that I can move on. Deep conversation here on this next one. So we talk, as you know, in scarcity, low intent and attachment are the sales mindset. And then we talk about abundance, high intent, and detachment being the advisor mindset. How does the mindset impact prospecting? So I think, like, and I'll take it completely out of sales and just into me figuring out who I am as a person. I am really clear on who I am, what I want to be, what my belief system is, what my worldviews are. And because of that, I don't, when I'm going to have a conversation or I'm prospecting, I'm doing it for the right reason. I'm not just doing it because I want to make a bunch of money. I'm doing it because it's, it's built into the core of who I am as a human being of what I want to do. And I truly believe that what I can deliver to my clients and prospects is going to help their business. And when I got really clear on that, it completely changed the game for me. There's, there's no doubt about it. There's like, if you look at the way that my numbers have trended out and I, hate talking about the numbers, but I mean, you know, we're talking about process and there is the results. We do have to get to the results. But but when I got really clear and defined there, the sales just started coming. And I don't think that was an accident. And I don't think that was luck. That was because I spent a lot of time figuring out who I am, where I want to go. I don't care what other people think about me. You know, they're, you know, you pick up the phone and somebody says, no, I'm like, okay, that's fine. Let's go on to the next one. You know, I got something that I'm chasing after and that's, you know, we go back to, we talked about earlier, the big dream piece, like that fuels everything I do. Everything else has gotten better as I've gotten more clear on who I am and what I want. Everything else has gotten a lot easier. For our listeners, it's a broad topic. It's one of the most important, but it's also the one least understood and tangible. What would you share with them about the importance of mindset? Mindset is what's going to make those conversations throughout the day from start to finish, good or bad. And the reason I say that is because I think you've got to start every single day getting yourself in the right mindset. And so what would would that look like for you? So myself, it's taken a while for me to get there because I was not, I didn't write, I didn't journal, I didn't do any of that before. Every morning today, I wake up and I did this morning before I came out to see you here. I sit down and I write a couple of things I'm grateful for. I think gratitude is a big, important thing that we need to just have in our lives on a regular basis. And that gets me in the mindset every day. It helps me to remember where I came from, who I am, 
It gets the ego off the plate right in the beginning of the day. It helps you remember what your priorities are in life, you know, your family and your friends, things like that. I wake up every day now, and this was not the case years ago, I wake up every day so excited to start the day. And I think that when you can get to that point, it just changes you like that mindset, that attitude. It's infectious, Dan. People are going to want to do business with you. Your teams are going to want to work really hard with you. What would you say to a, a listener who would say, okay, Bob, I got that. It makes sense. But here's my challenge, Bob. I don't have a lot of success right now and I'm working my butt off. And you know, right now, COVID-19, it probably hasn't been the most productive experience or environment for my business. So I'm having a real hard time with this whole gratitude and humility piece. I got to get business going. I would say you're being soft and I would say you're making excuses. It's easy to say that something's hard because you want to give yourself an excuse and a way out. Prospecting, opening new doors is never going to be easy. Picking up the phone to make cold calls is not going to be easy. Can you look yourself in the mirror at the end of the day and say, like, I left it all on the table. And I don't think a lot of people can. I hear the excuses all the time. Oh, this is Man, this is tough. This is the toughest environment to possibly sell in. Why are other people able to make it work? I mean, it's the stuff we've talked about. It's mindset. It's having this like attitude of, I just got to go do this. I got to get this done. Uh, this is what I'm chasing after. This is why I'm here. And there's no quitting me. Mindset's not looking in the mirror, right? I want to be careful here, right? But mindset's not looking in the mirror going, hey, doggone it, I'm good enough. Yeah. <laughs> I'm smart <laughs> right. enough and people like yeah. me. All right, no. that's not mindset. No, that's not mindset. No, but it's it's being able to look at yourself in the mirror and say like, did I have that mindset that I'm setting out to today? Did I act in the right way and do everything that I said I was going to do today and being really candid and honest with yourself? Because only you can do that. Nobody else can tell you that you worked hard that day or you left it all on the table or you were in the right mindset during that day. Only you can do that. I have four things right now that are on my mind from talking with you. Number one is surround myself with people who are more driven than I am as mentors. Two. I need to be self-aware enough to accept the feedback as a gift, no matter how tough the feedback is that they give me, you know, that kind truth, I have to be self-aware to accept it. Three, I have to have a process that I am consistent with, though, and that it represents a higher standard than where I'm at right now. And four, I better be comfortable getting uncomfortable. And if I don't have those four things, I might be banging my head against the wall for a long time. So now I'm going to put you on the spot. If you had to choose between one of those four, where's your starting point? The people you surround yourself with. Absolutely. Those truth tellers, those mentors, those people that are going to drive you to high performance, that's a key to it. Because I think all the rest of it's going to come with that. And that's, that's what you need. Those people are... 100% the keys to the success. What do you think separates you from other performers? In this environment, Bob, that we're in, is there any advice that we haven't talked about that you would give to our listeners who are struggling right now? Is hard, I think, as it is to hear. 
and I keep telling this to my mentees too that I'm working with, continue to live your process and continue to keep your mindset and your head in the right spot and don't get down because as soon as you do that, you're going to start making excuses. And I know it sucks right now. It's hard out there. But guess what? If everybody else is quitting, somebody's got to be out there knocking on their door and, and it might as well be you. Now it's time for our favorite segment, Change the Conversation. So our goal with this segment is not to make fun of or belittle the messages that we receive from the hardworking salespeople out there, but rather we want to give you tangible examples that you can chew on to help you take your mindset from that of a salesperson to an advisor. Kylie got this one, and there is a part of me that is sensitive to the effort and the trial and error that goes along with trying to create a productive and successful outreach strategy. But I'm gonna read this one. I've never heard from this person before or their company. Hi again, I hope you're doing well. I'm just quickly following up regarding the growth potential for your company through some improvements to your digital strategy that we've identified. Do you have time for a quick call this week? maybe Thursday or this Friday. All right, number one, hi again. I've never heard from this person before, so it kind of puts me off when they, when they say hi again. I hope you're doing well. I get it, everybody says that. I'm just quickly following up. Right there and then, that person completely minimized themselves and their effort. Just as a very weak word, just as a word that we say when we're not sure, when we're insecure. Quickly is a word that we're adding in to suggest, hey, don't get mad at me. Don't get frustrated. I'm just quickly following up, even though I've never spoke to this person or received an email from them, regarding the growth potential for your company. Again, why would I get on the phone and talk about my company's growth with someone I don't know, acts like they know me, also acts insecure as if they're not sure they should meet with me when they use the word just quickly following up. Why would I open up about my business? And the answer is I wouldn't, and I wouldn't respond or take the call. And then the assumptive close as of late, it seems like everybody's been doing it, where it's, do you have time this Thursday at two? Do you have this time available this Wednesday at four? Stop. Put some time and effort on putting an email together that you would want to receive, that you would feel comfortable interacting with yourself on. So for all you listeners out there, I want to be very clear from Lapa 180. We know what it's like firsthand to prospect the risk and the rejection. We know what it's like firsthand in terms of the volume of companies and people who are prospecting right now and the intensity in which it has grown in the past three to four months. But at the same time, as much as we respect that, you really do got to sit back and start thinking about what is the true message that you're sending to people? Because remember, people feel first. Your words cause a feeling. And so when you're sending a message, send one that you'd want to receive that has some authenticity in it, maybe a little bit of vulnerability in it, and give people the chance to decline it. Let them know that, hey, not talking is completely fine. Or if this isn't the right time, that's completely acceptable. So Dan, for this 
conversation, how would you change it up and what advice would you give? Well, first off, the sender is in the digital marketing space, which I find to be very saturated, needing a ton of help space because they all sound the same. Every day, it seems like two or three are coming across my email and they all act like they know you and they all just want to have two or three or five minutes of your time so they can share you some things that they've studied from your website that they can improve and then they all do the assumptive close now literally which is how does next friday at two sound so my first bit of advice is if you're a digital marketer out there stop think about what you're sending all right your email represents your value say something different be real talk to me in my language. Actually, if you're going to go to my site, reference my site more. Tell me then, what is it? Give me one example then from my site that you might say, I went to your site. I saw this. Here's some food for thought. Actually, give me a little. Make me feel and know that you actually did spend the time to research my site versus just vaguely mentioning you've been there and you can help me. Because as far as I know, I don't need the help on it. But if you can be specific, you might catch my attention. Thanks for listening to Breaking Sales. If you want to get engaged with us outside of this podcast, be sure to go to our website, lapin180.com. That's L-A-P-P-I-N 180.com. And there you'll find information on upcoming workshops, different events we're doing throughout the United States, ways to engage with us on social media, as well as a form where you can suggest topics or guests for the podcast. We want to hear from you, so don't be shy. Kylie out. All right, do we have another episode? <laughs>